Earth podcast with your host, Jake Weaver, engineered by Cedric Swan. Hey, everybody, we are back with another episode of Midnight on Earth. I'm your host, Jake Weaver, and we're here to bring you more knowledge, more light, and more love. Well, another stellar guest. We bring in the best people. It doesn't matter where they fall. Perhaps billions of people know them. Perhaps dozens of people know them. Perhaps they're not even in a physical body, but we're bringing these people on. And I'm talking about our lecture episodes. (laughs) We're bringing the best people on and we have another fantastic episode and another fantastic guest. Her name is Harmony Fronterhouse and she was on the show. She's a returning guest. She was actually on the show about a year and a half ago where we talked about her book, Birthing a New Paradigm, which it's it's an astounding book. Uh, And we'll talk about that. But first, I need you to do something for me. Go to patreon.com and check out our new Patreon page. Yes, it's true. We have joined the age of Patreon. Because I need your support in order for this podcast to expand, to grow, to reach new people, to attract different guests, new guests, I need your help. I'm asking for your help. Go to patreon.com slash midnight on earth and you can check out the Patreon that's there. We have different tiers of support and find a tier that suits you. Pick that tier and know that your help is directly impacting this podcast, which allows me to dig deeper, to do more, to serve better. I need that support from you directly. So if you're listening to this, go to patreon.com slash midnight on earth. Check out the various tiers again and become a supporter. There's going to be exclusive content on there. And at the very least, just know that again, your direct support is just helping this grow, helping this expand And it's helping all of us. So thank you for that. Check it out. And when you're done with that, follow me on Instagram at midnight underscore on underscore earth. That is the address. You can follow me there. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, all the places, wherever you go, click that button that connects us. Follow us so you know exactly what's going on. You get a notification telling you when incredible guests like Harmony Fronter House are here. You get that instantly. And of course, tell a friend. Tell someone that you know that loves these type of podcasts. Or your friends, your coworkers, word of mouth is so huge. It's energy exchange. Do that for me. Tell them. Bring them here. Midnightonearth.com. Okay, so we're just about to talk to Harmony. We're almost there, but we're going to read her bio. So here we go. Harmony Fronterhouse is a visionary and wisdom keeper of the new age. 
merging ancient knowledge with current downloads. She is a bridge builder who embraces both science and spirit. The creator of Wildcraft Wellness, Harmony believes that we are the ones we've been waiting for and the time is now. A mother of three and teacher in the community, Harmony is also a writer, visionary artist, and musician. She has been a certified caregiver for over 15 years and is also a youth and adult educator, a passionate gardener, herbalist of the wise women's traditions, and permaculture urban farmer. She shares her knowledge of plants and nutrition and the connection to balanced health in the garden classroom environment. Focused on creating wellness and sustainability, her passion for nature and empowering children have merged while building community and individual connection through gardening and food. Connecting to the soil means connecting to each other. In turn, we are able to interact with our world on an open, authentic level, creating a new paradigm. We do not only inherit the earth from our ancestors, we are borrowing it from our children. Wow, that's so cool. Harmony, thank you for being here. Oh my gosh, so much gratitude to you for having me here. <laughs> well, your information is powerful. You're an incredible person. Your book is incredible. All the things we've talked about, because you're a returning guest, our previous podcast episode is incredible. I just listened to it uh, again. I lived it, but I listened to it again. It's incredible. So I'm glad you're uh, here. Thank you. I had so much fun the last time, and I'm looking forward to our discussion today. Sweet. So let's talk about your book again, because we're going to talk about crystals. We're going to talk about your book, but I want to refresh people about this birthing a new paradigm book because things are changing at a very rapid pace. There's a lot of energy shifting around personally, regionally, globally. And for people that can't understand some of the things that are happening, they're looking for answers. So, so let's help people understand a little bit what this new paradigm is like, what we're shifting into and what that looks like. So what is a paradigm harmony? Tell me. Yeah, a paradigm is the uh, world in which you see, the perceptions that you have that are dictating the world that you're experiencing around you. So the paradigm that I'm living in is different than someone that lives in South America. Right now, my paradigm is that I'm in winter. My paradigm is much different than somebody that lives in South America, that they're in summer. So that's the most basic example of a, a paradigm and how we live in different paradigms. Now, it can be on so many different levels, spiritually, energetically, physically, emotionally, all of the different ways that we interact with our world dictates how we perceive it. So that is essentially what a paradigm is. And it's funny because like I say in my book, you know, the when I first read the word, because I did a lot of reading as a child, I thought it was paradigm, right? Because I didn't know <laughs> how to say it. Nobody had ever said this word to me. And it wasn't until I heard someone say it that I understood how to say it. And that in itself is a paradigm shift because my belief of how one thing was 
is now shifted by a new experience that helps me to find greater understanding. So in the, the very most simple gram, gram, grammatic ways, right? It could, there can be paradigm shifts in our mind and, and the way that we interact, but it can also be on deeper levels. And that's kind of what I get into in the book and uh, how we are birthing not only the next generations, like literally through birth, but we are actually birthing ourselves in this. We are rebirthing a new beings, like the caterpillar turns into a butterfly. It's the same DNA, but it's a new being. And we are coming into this new level of consciousness that is rebirthing the way that we know how to interact into the world. And not only are we rebirthing ourselves, but we're literally rebirthing a new world, a new era, the the new age of Aquarius, the new yuga, uh, what, whichever culture you want to look into this, there is stories of this time that we're in. And we are catalysts, like you said, you know, star seeds. We came here. The only way to really make a difference, you can't do it through being an, an, an energetic being the same as you can by being in physical and physical embodiment, right? So the physicality is actually anchoring in our frequencies and our energies that are bringing us into this new paradigm. And, you know, that is this integral part of how we're bringing in this new world and in turn birthing a new paradigm because it is like labor pains. It is, you know, like there's, there's, it's, it's a shift, you know, we're, we're not just going into uh, happiness and joy every moment. Like we've got to do the work. We've got to pull out the skeletons out of our closet, clean it up and, you know, put it all back the the pieces that are going to serve us. And that is really essentially what this book is about, what, you know, what we're doing in this world. And, and um, it's funny because I launched this book just before the shutdowns and there's so many pertinent pieces of information to kind of what happened in all of that, you know, like in my foresight. So it was really cool to like, kind of go back on some of the things that I wrote and really like let it sink in after everything after several years, you know, and kind of go, wow, there's a lot to this, you know? And, uh, yes, you definitely had some foresight there. (laughs) Yeah, definitely covers so many different topics, so many different, uh, levels of different topics like synchronicity, um, our student teacher relationship within ourselves and within it with other people, um, the connection of, you know, like, our consciousness level with food and what we uh, are intaking, the relationship of consuming and creating, all of that. That's uh, it's all in there, and uh, I go way deep. Uh, you know, so get ready and it's a fantastic you know, book. But I just want to help people understand this because there's good paradigms and there's bad paradigms. It's just a function. Right. People are throwing around this word so much. We hear the word paradigm again. Now it's in general consciousness again. You were ahead of the game as uh, a lot of people were, but uh, it's in mainstream consciousness. People are saying it more and more. We're moving towards this new paradigm. People are just using the word paradigm a lot more. There's good paradigms and there's bad paradigms. You can program your own paradigm. So a lot of the bad paradigms, you could say paradigms that aren't serving us, are usually the ones that are programmed from outside. Like we get it from our environment. We get it from the culture we're in or the family that we're in. And you can undo those 
but you can also instill new paradigms and, and reprogram yourself in that way. And birthing a new paradigm could be a personal experience as well. And it can happen in a microcosmic sense and, and just reflecting on your daily life. Yes. Like every day you are literally waking up into a new world, a new dimension. It's, there's nothing like this moment that has ever happened before. If you believe in the photon belt, we are in a different space of the photon belt every moment. So there are new environmental factors that are coming into us. And then, you know, the collective mindset is shifting and changing at every moment. So the things that we are being, um, inundated with are are going to be shifting and changing all of our experiences are going to be shifting and changing and i love the part you know where you said you know there's uh the paradigms that no longer serve us and the paradigms that, that are serving us in our in our current world and we cling so tightly to those old paradigms because they're comfortable you know even if they don't serve us they're like these default programs that we just run and we're not even really conscious of but once we start to become conscious that's when we go oh that doesn't serve me me even though you know on a on a wardrobe level like if you make an analogy of clothes right like even though i loved these pair of pants like they may not fit you anymore so <laughs> honor them and then either turn them into something else or you know donate them move them along the line and let them be let them be of service but also know that they're no longer for you. And that's like one of the easiest analogies that you can make on this, but it's so um, it's so across the board on all the different ways that we are, you know, like you said, good paradigms and bad paradigms. And that is absolutely true, but that is the view from a third dimensional perspective. And as we merge good and bad, and we understand that there's, like you said, what no longer serves us and what serves us, it's not good or bad, even though it may seem that way in the moment from a human perspective. And we can start to merge that into understanding that, like, even though I think something is not serving me, it may be serving you. And we can honor each other's stories and understand that um, what is labeled as good and bad in our programming and in our in our default, how we were raised is, you know, not necessarily how we need to continue to interact with each other because that often is charged with a form of judgment. And when we have judgment, that is when it is kind of projected back at us so that we can have that experience to find more compassion. So, you know, it's like judgment isn't good or bad. It is, it just is, and it serves us and then no longer serves us. Right. So it's, it's a, it's an expansion out of like this dualistic way of thinking. And, and it was beautiful because like in your sentence, you were like the good and the bad. And then you're like, nope, the, the things that serve us and things no longer serve us. Literally the shift in the way that you spoke in that one sentence was a paradigm shift, right? Yeah. So it's amazing how many opportunities were given in a day to do this paradigm shifting work, right? Definitely. And You've said this in the past, actually, the last episode that you were on, that we are shifting from a denser place to a higher place. And that kind of gets away from duality, you're saying. So this new paradigm kind of is a non-dualistic experience, you would say. Well, I think dual, dual, uh, duality exists, but it doesn't exist in the same way. It's not as emotionally charged as like 
this is bad and this is good and this is what you know and and it, all encompassing right uh-huh. we can see something that's like this isn't really good and this is much better but we can say like just because it's good for one set of environmental factors doesn't mean it's good for the other set of environmental factors or vice versa with being non-beneficial right so understanding you know these key ways of of perceiving it is the catalyst in which it shifts the way that we are actually uh, perceive like it's coming into us right so and the perception has actually changed oh it's 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 mind-blowing what you can do with something as simple as shifting your perspective if you change the way you look at things like you quoted at the beginning of that book the thing itself changes it was a quote from max Planck. Max. Yeah. <laughs> Funny because Lipton is often co- quoted with that. And he said it, but he said it, you know, decades after Max Planck. So uh, that was a paradigm shift in itself for me because I actually thought it was Bruce Lipton who said it. And then I went to, you know, find the quote and I was like, Max Planck, wait, what? Well, you know, I had like, high probability, Max, Max Planck got it from somewhere else who got it from somewhere else. And it probably goes back to like millions of years of human prehistory. <laughs> Who knows how that all shows up? But one thing we didn't talk about last time in relation to your book, which I think is so cool, is the four phases of metamorphosis. Right. Can you reflect on that a little bit and tell our listeners like about that? Because we're changing, but there's kind of a process, a noticeable process, a natural process, you could say. And you talk right. about that in your book. And and I just want you to f- reflect on that a little bit if you can. Yeah, there's, you know, there's the processes that we go through as humans. And we have many different uh, cycles in our lives, within our lives. And within these cycles, there are these uh, milestones that we go through. And, you know, they're, they can be called phases or, you know, different uh, blocks of our life. And, and they're all flowing, but they have these like transitional stages. And usually there's the, you know, the the beginning stage where we are, you know, exploring our reality around us, forming our our belief systems, reconnecting to ourselves and to the people around us and and really just exploring. And then we move into a state of kind of more rigidity where we think we kind of understand where we are um we're more aligned to cycles of uh schedules and we kind of connect into our belief systems of what we think we know and the paradigms that are reflecting back and then there's the the stage of like breakdown and uh kind of the, in in the caterpillar phase it's the the chrysalis right it's the 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 caterpillar suit the caterpillar pillar literally becomes a gooey mass it doesn't just like grow wings it breaks down to the cellular level of goo and then it rebuilds into this new being and in that there's all of these parts within that metamorphosis is like a little microcosm of the greater, you know, cycle. And it's, um, again, like reforming and then, 
solidifying and then transforming. And in that there's usually pain, there's usually darkness, there's usually a lot of uncomfortability, there's usually a dark night of the soul or some kind of breakthrough that is happening that helps to like reshift and recalibrate our being into a new form. And that is the next then brings us to the, the final stage of like culmination of this new being that gets to now go into the cycle again and re-explore and reaffirm and re-understand and, and as a butterfly go through that again. And then the cycles of life and death in that are uh, just this beautiful dance that happens that we're able to go, oh, it ended, but that ending means a new beginning, right? So it's within that metamorphosis that we find the, the newness of it all. And that's where not only does it reform our physical experience, but also our energetic experience. Wow. <laughs> Thank you for that. That was so amazing. So that's where we're at now, right? In the human experience, in this cycle, are we the butterfly or are we the goo? Uh, some of us have, have, are butterflies, absolutely. Some of us are still caterpillaring into the chrysalis and there is definitely a massive collective goo happening. Oh, wow. And, okay. Uh, before the, the before the shutdown, there was a huge uh, or there was like uh, trickles of butterflies everywhere. Right. And there was like this this amount of people in this goo that are, were trying to get their wings. And it was um, very microcosmic. But as soon as the shutdown happened, it was literally a collective cocoon. It was a chrysalis of breaking down everything we thought we knew and rebuilding what we know we are and really connecting deeply into what we want to become and who we know we're here to be, right? So in that, there was a huge collective awakening and uh, that goo, like we were all in this uncomfortable state that helped us to become the catalyst to alchemize into who we are now. And, you know, some people are still... Um, pushing the snooze button and still, you know, in, in the goo. And some people have been, they got woke a long time ago and now they're awake. And, you know, they're, they are, there's a, there's levels and stages and it's all unfolding in front of us, but there is definitely like a collective uh, emerging of the cocoon right now. I definitely feel that there are so many people that, have just grown their wings and are, are flying. And of course it's a cycle. So, you know, we may have to go back into this phase of metamorphosis in, in another part of our life or, you know, work on other things, but there's definitely something happening collectively. And it's so exciting because I feel it within my soul, within my bones, within my blood. Um, it's there and, and it's guiding. It's so beautiful. It is pretty amazing if you're sensitive to it. And I know you're a really sensitive person. You have incredible stories about your childhood. And I want to direct people, uh, if you want to hear more about this incredible book, it's so good. Then listen to that previous episode. Go back and yeah. find it. I think it's episode 47, 48, 49, somewhere in there. Just go look. You'll find it and listen to it. It's so good because we go in deep. We talk about the various subjects that she covers in this book. And I just wanted to talk about it a little bit more as she's here because 
it's it's very valuable. So thank you. For yeah. That. yeah, I wrote it for you guys. You know, I wrote it as you know as a testament for myself to to like complete what I started. But it's mainly for everyone else. It's for like for my children. It's for documentation of what we're going through as humans. And yeah, I talk a little bit about my youth and uh, the transitional metamorphosis processes that I went through while giving birth and uh, rebirthing myself. And then, you know, also the collective rebirth as well. So it's it's definitely an exciting read. And um yeah, you can find it on Amazon. Like you said, uh, you can get it on Kindle if you have the Kindle subscription for free. So yeah, it's free right now if you get Kindle Unlimited. <laughs> from reading it. <laughs> Episode 46 is the one that you were on. So check that one out, people. But let's help people understand now. We helped people understand this new paradigm with the last episode you were on and a little bit on this one. But now let's help people understand crystals and the energy behind crystals because a lot of people don't understand this. Some people view crystals as just geology. Like they look around, there's like, oh, there's rocks, there's this rock, there's pretty rocks, there's other rocks, but there's something significantly bigger and more powerful to the experience than just geology. There's energy within these crystals. From the animism perspective, everything's alive, so these crystals are alive, but they all seem to have different energetic properties, which cause things like healing to happen. So let's help people understand this a little bit more. What do you think the spiritual metaphysical aspects of crystals are? If you were to tell someone had no idea. Well, um, like I said, like you read in my bio, I'm definitely a bridge builder between spirit and science. So I really love to check out like the spiritual aspects of things. And then also, you know, check out the, the physical, more scientific explanations and then merge them in between and, and let people know it's, it's just different languages of saying the same thing. So, um, first of all, it's all about frequency and vibration. So, you know, like Tesla says it, everything in the universe boils down to frequency and vibration and every single one of these stones, like you said, is alive. It's vibrating at different levels. So, you know, quartz vibrates at one Hertz, and then you have uh, something like Jasper that's going to vibrate at at a totally different frequency. And our bodies also vibrate at certain frequencies. And when we become in low health or really drained or anything like that, our frequencies drop. And when we uh, put certain things near or in our bodies, that can help to assimilate uh, a frequency raise or drop and crystals have a, a really high frequency. So when they are either, you know, some crystals can be lightly ingest, like you can put quartz crystal into water and let that infuse and then drink the water. You don't actually want to eat the quartz, right? But you can't do that with other crystals. Like, um, I think believe amethyst has too much of iron or some kind of uh, metal that you don't want to ingest that way, but just putting them in your pocket wearing them around your neck, uh, just uh, putting them in like under your bed while you sleep or creating an altar, working with these crystals, meditating, all of those, put the crystal close enough within your frequency rate that your body naturally will assimilate to these frequency energies because they are so 
um, like they're so resonant within their, their own frequency. They're not, they, they're stable, right? They're not fluctuating in frequency like humans do so much. So when the frequency is really stable, the human frequency is allowed to assimilate to that energy. And if it's in a, a place of uh, imbalance, whether that's mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, uh, then the body is able to raise out of whatever uh, stagnant energy or low energy or just um, imbalanced energy and assimilate to those crystal energies and then therefore uh, manifest a, a space of health it, within their body. And so that's like one of the, the most fascinating parts of all of this <laughs> is because I, I always knew it worked. Like I'd put a, a rose quartz, you know, near my heart and it would soothe aches and pains of, you know, loss and, and sorrow and just different things like that. And I'd always heard stories about people using uh, stones in their crowns and their swords and in these amulets and things to uh, imbibe blessings, to uh, bring in more uh, light and uh, information. And crystals hold information. So not only do they hold these blessings that you want to put on somebody, you know, if you, you're you sending your husband off to war and you want to put certain stones in his sword and shield to, you know, bring strength and to ward off evil or do certain things like that. And that all boils down to the frequency of these stones. And so once I found that out, it really, it's just like light bulbs went on all over. It was like a chain <laughs> of like fairy lights going on. Right. I was like, wow, so is, mind blowing. Is frequency the same as magnetic field? Is the frequency, the rate of the magnetic field? Right. Yes, the, the frequency would be like the, the velocity rate in which the magnetic field is uh, vibrating at, at the time. Because magnetic fields can alter depending on where they are placed or, you know, a, like human human magnetic field changes depending on what we eat, the emotions that we have, um, the thoughts that we have, uh, the actions that we do, all sorts of things. So these, um, like I said, the, the crystals, the stones, have a more stable magnetic field. They um, are able to resonate in the, those frequencies on a more uh, stable basis, as opposed to the humans that are constantly fluctuating. So how did these crystals get assigned these specific magnetic fields that seem to have a personal effect on the human, right? Or do they have the same effect on animals? Like if you were to put a crystal necklace on a, a lizard or a gorilla, like would it have the same effect on their magnetic field? Um, absolutely. There would be a variation because the, the creature is different and it has its own resonant uh, template, but there would be definitely an effect. Um, I work with crystals and uh, with plants as well and crystals in we sometimes infuse crystals into animals water and things like that and it definitely keeps them in a higher state of health uh, however depending on the plant depend like some plants you don't want to give too much of a certain frequency or it can change it so we need to be uh, very aware and full of discernment and really check in with our energetic feelings about this before we you know, really just uh, implement something on some other creature that's not ourselves. Because it's easier to have discernment for your own self than it sure. is to have discernment 
for an animal or a plant, right? You, you want to educate, it's kind of what, like with children, you want to educate yourself a little more so that you can take better care of your children than you did of yourself. Right. I mean, that happened with me. That was part of the rebirth process within me is the minute I had children, I was like, I need to take care of myself. Like, right. Cause I want them to have a mom. Right. And before I had children, I, I wanted to take care of myself, but I still drank and smoked the cigarettes like a chimney and party like crazy <laughs> and ate junk food, like no one's business. Right. Even though I knew I had a, a I, I did have a healthier regimen than a lot of people, but, um, and now it, it shifted. So we have to be careful about that with when we're, you know, dealing with other people. So definitely connecting into our discernment to their discernment or to with animals, you know, checking in with them. If they feel like, if it seems like it's not resonating, don't like force it, right. Be like this crystal worked for me. It should work for you too. It, because it's not, it doesn't work that way. We're all individual. And even though like rose quartz is good for the heart and for emotions and, and that it, it may not have the same effect on somebody else who maybe a lot of their blocks are within like abuse um, in, in the, they need something more grounding or they need, you know, they're very uh, flighty and they, you know, need something more grounding or they're very, very grounded and they may maybe need to connect more with their insight and, you know, with, um, so like amethyst and the different colors of the uh, crystals usually vibrate because they're different colors. They've chosen these frequencies, right? So they are vibrating, uh, usually aligned to the human energy systems. So like if, if you're, um, needing to connect more to the third eye, you would connect more with indigo or, or violet color stones. And these have been proven to, help to awaken the third eye to connect to higher consciousness and those kind of things. So um, <laughs> knowing the color and then also the matrix of the crystal itself is going to dictate the frequency. So when these crystals are formed, they're, they're formed within the earth, within like these magical alchemical processes of heat and pressure and different minerals. And when they form, they're actually forming different matrices. Like a matrix is like the, the, uh, alignment of the particles right so that's why some of these crystals form with points and some are you know uh more uh hexagonal and some have uh trapezoid shapes and you know that that the natural matrix before it's cut before it's shaped is a physical expression of its frequency so as it's a divine process, right? The crystal itself is choosing its form, but also all of the elements and the divine process of, of the creation is also creating these frequencies. <laughs> there's a, well, there's a lot of layers there, literally. <laughs> yes, very much so. Um, how do you think humans intuited the healing qualities of these crystals? Because, each crystal, it seems, have different qualities, but then variations of those specific crystals also have different qualities. How did we interpret and intuit that? And where did that information come from, do you think? Yeah, I think a lot of it, I think it's, you know, like an onion, there's many layers. So <laughs> a lot of it comes from our intuition. And um, throughout growing up, we've kind of forgotten a lot of our ancient discernment ways and connections to ourself and our, our energetics, right? 
And we're just now remembering that again. But when a lot of these crystals and a lot of this information was first coming in, people were that were working with them were really intuitive. And so they were not only listening to the frequency and the color and observing the uh, experiences, but they were also tapping into the information within the crystal. And like I said, the crystals can hold information. And so they are also holding this divine template within them, this information that it's kind of like when we started naming all the, the, the animals and the trees and everything, like in the beginning, the these things told us what they were called because we were so tapped in. And it's only like through changing of languages that we've like lost a lot of that original uh, tones and mantras and like Sanskrit language was really based on that. And so when we connect into the information of these beings, because they are alive, they they can tell us. And and then not only that, it's like trial and error. We go, our instinct goes, "Mm, I just want to hold this to my heart. Oh, wow. That feels good. Yes. Right. Ooh, wow. I felt healed. Wow. What the heck just happened? Ooh, if you put this next to your heart, does it do something good to you? Right. So it's kind of like trial and error. Or like sometimes you just feel like you want to put one on your third eye. And it's just like you, you, you instinctively do it without thinking. And when your body instinctively just like, it's like when you get, you bump your elbow, your hand goes to your elbow and you breathe, you know, like, because <laughs> your hand is healing. You're, you instinctively go to heal yourself. You instinctive, instinctively go to put oxygen into that place because you're focusing on it, right? So um, our instincts are really powerful if we tap into them and allow them to show us what nature holds for us because we are part of nature. So one thing I want to ask you is like, when you see huge crystal clusters, you know that some of the smaller pieces that are out there for sale and trade and things like that are broken off bigger pieces. Now, once that happens, does that piece have its own individual magnetic field or is it somehow connected to that bigger piece still, or is it like a mixture of both? Like, is it connected? Is it individual? What happens at that point? I've always wondered that. Right. I think on one dimension, it is an individualized being, but I do definitely think that it is connected back to the source and it is, um, uh, it holds the template of the greater, right? So it's kind of like us with our creator. Like we are definitely like separate individuals experiencing separate spaces, but I know I'm interconnected with you. And I know that I'm interconnected with your wife, with my husband, with my kids, with the animals, with the plants, with everything something created us all right so that there's this ultimate mother crystal right so like (laughs) we are holding the the information from that mother crystal and we're able to express it out through our own individual perception and our own individual placement in our environment right so you know depending on the people that the crystal is around depends on the information that it's going to convey out. Maybe it has its own information that it's gathered from that environment and wants to assimilate that back to the human and say, like, look, this is something that we can, you know, work on and uh, help us to evolve. Or maybe it is uh, just as simple as, you know, connecting back to the, the original divine template and being like, okay, human, this is what you need to know. 
or whatever, or this is what I want you to share. Or if you're, if you're going to be a receiver to share this information, because I believe they're kind of like, um, radios, right? They're like a signal out there just, and, and they're waiting for these receivers to dial into their frequency and then be able to download the information that they are holding or are radiating essentially. Wow. And then they can also help be a conduit for other potential information out there. A lot of people talk yes. about meditating with crystals to connect with angels, to connect with uh, other astral yes. beings and even extraterrestrials like the Pleiadians. Like, what do you think about that as a, as a tool for communication? Absolutely. Yeah. There are certain crystals that I've actually been um, interacted with by certain star beings, by certain star nations. There are some that are believed to be seated here from the stars. And there are some that are believed to be like an uh, interconnected um, way of frequency. Like, like I said, the radio station. So like some of these angels are vibrating at the same frequency as the stone. So that when you connect with the stone, you're more, your body assimilates to those frequencies and then you're more able to connect with these beings. Your frequency has to be at a certain level. It's like, you know, when you have two radio stations that are playing at the same time, right? Yes. And so that's when, like, that's when you've changed your frequency up and the angel has changed its frequency down just a little bit so that you can interlap your frequencies together, right? And so that's what's happening. And so in order for humans to connect with these beings, they have to have a certain frequency. And so connecting to the colors and the the frequencies of these stones will help to assimilate into the energies of these angelics or guides or alien beings or, you know, stone Pachinas or, you know, however you want to look at it. Yeah, that's just so powerful to think about because there is so much out there. The universe, my God, there's crystals on other planets that are exclusive to that planet that that we haven't even experienced yet that have their own frequency and everything. It, it's it's going to be mind-blowing as we get out into space and see interstellar crystals. That's going to be mind-blowing. Yeah, I got a crystal about 10 years ago at star knowledge conference when I was in, um, California, Palm Springs, California, and it was a Pleiadian crystal. And, um, I've never seen a crystal like it before and I've never seen one like it since. And there was seven of these crystals that were on the table. And this one was like, you need to come home with me. So, um, I have this amazing Pleiadian crystal and it is definitely otherworldly. It is different frequency than any of the other quartz that I have and um, definitely holds different information and very, very connecting to like ancient codes. So yeah, it's, and then each, and there's different kinds of crystals that hold like different inscribing, like um, encoding. Like when okay. you look at a crystal, it have like lines that are going parallel Stri- on the face. Like striations? Are, is that what you're talking about? They're actually codes. They're actually information that's been encoded. A lot of the Lemurian crystals, the uh, Starberry crystals, the Pleiadian crystals, different ones have been encoded with certain information by other beings. Because like I said, these crystals can hold information like they do on on uh, computer chips, right? So, um, and quartz watches, you know, all that. They're, they're holding information. And so, um, and it's cool because you can actually, when you meditate them with them, you can like put your thumb uh, pull it back down towards you 
on the crystal and it will open the information and then you push your thumb away on the crystal and that will close it back up. And that's just something I heard within the past year. And I was, I started to work with that and it actually really like bypasses the like process of like sitting there for like 20 minutes. Like I, I literally opened the information like really quick. I was like, wow, download is downloads just started pouring in. So um, definitely something to play around with, with your own frequency. Cause it may work with you different than me. I don't know, but that's the cool thing about this is we're all just sharing what we've experienced and then putting the pieces together. And let's tell people about the Lemurian courts. That's something when I first started getting into crystals and understanding crystal consciousness, these Lemurian courses, they're supposedly found in places where there shouldn't be crystals in some cases stashed in piles deep underground in these kind of deposits reserves like like you were storing something and they seem to have these very specific lines on them we're saying striations and they're uh but they're like you're saying they're code they have some sort of accessible information but we just haven't figured out how to do it in a linear way. But most people say you can do that psychically. Like if you meditate with it, you can access that information. I've never experienced that, but I wanted to tell people what these Lemurian crystals are. They're totally different. I've seen them. A lot of people have them. They're out there, but they're totally different than your, your standard quartz crystal. Yeah. And there's a few different kinds of Lemurian crystals. Um, There's the golden healers and those ones have a little bit like golden color cast to them. And um, like you said, they were found like, like in a non-organic way, yes. like just like stockpile. They weren't like growing. I mean, they're they're still growing. That's the cool thing about crystals is they're constantly growing, but they weren't like growing organically in the earth. So these have been placed there and there was many different deposits. And the cool thing about if Lumeria, if you're unfamiliar with Lumeria, it's um, about the time of Atlantis. And supposedly when Atlantis sunk or whatever happened to Atlantis, Lumeria did as well. And Atlantis was in the Atlantic Ocean. Lumeria was in the Pacific Ocean. And the people were very highly evolved consciously and energetically, and they knew it was happening. And so some of the highest, uh, you know, consciousness people, they, it was kind of like Noah, right? Noah, he was very high conscious. He was very connected with the spirit. The spirit said, Hey, build this ark. And so they were, they were like that. They heard the message. And the message said to preserve this information. And so they brought it over to the mainlands. They brought the crystals over and they traveled and became the um, ancient Inca and the um, many of the ancient South American and North American tribes. And in this, they planted these crystals. They sat and meditated. And that's also where like the 12 crystal skulls, the 13, excuse me, crystal skulls, that uh, were also meditated on. And these these elders, they actually, when they died, they dropped body and their consciousness went into these skulls. Oh and that's God. the story. And it's so fascinating that that is, and, but the I digress to the point where um, we did this uh, anciently. I say we, because it was us, right? So we went and preserved this information because we knew humans would fall and go into a lower consciousness. And there would be a time when the DNA would be restored, where we would remember out of 
duality, the knowledge of good and evil, right? And we merge that back into a higher consciousness and be able to access these this greater information one day. That one day has come because these crystals have been found. And this information has been, they're seed crystals, essentially. They've been distributed all across the earth now. Right. And to all of their people and energetics and their stations, essentially, you know, like it may not even be the people. It may be ley lines and things like that as well. They're stationed and they're creating an energetic grid around the earth, not only through the people, but through the actual crystals themselves. And this grid work has, I mean, they're literally doing the work themselves. They're just like moving and, and going to the places that they need to be. And for me, when the Lemurian quartzes came to me, um, that's when I started to make a lot of my products. And it's pretty cool because that's how you and I connected with your wife with um, her crystal infused products, because I also infused crystals into my salve and into several of my things. And so I really connected on that <laughs> level with you guys. And I was like, oh, these are my kindreds. They they hear the message. Right. So um, I always put Lumerian quartz infused into my salve. And it uh, not only has an extreme heightened benefit of healing, but I feel it also is, you know, carrying this information through our skin into us. So um, it's the golden healers are really, really powerful for that. And being a healing salve, that's what I was guided to put into this. And I believe that the crystal itself told me to do it. So, you know, it's just about being in tuned and, you know, a, it could have been just my higher self, but it was definitely a little different than the voice that my higher self gives me. It was like outside. It was like the crystal saying, I want to be in the sab. So, well, yeah. it is alive. It has a purpose. It knows its purpose and it sees that as a conduit and we're electromagnetic beings break down matter. It's just all vibrating energy. So it's, it's definitely not even out of the realm of scientific possibility, let alone metaphysical possibility. Absolutely. That's what I love about crystals is this, so there's a lot of science behind it, you know? Yes. It's really. So yeah, I know things that is tangible, like they can't say they don't exist. Right. Cause yes. they're there. But I do want to point out you are Lakota, right? Or at least part of you, you do have that heritage. What do you think the native Americans thought of the various crystals. I'm sure they found them and I'm sure they were sensitive to their healing properties, just like we are. What do you think the perception was from native America about these crystals? Right. Well, I, I think it's a lot like a lot of our ancient cultures and our ancient ancestors, when they were really connected into the tribal ways, um, no matter what part of, you know, the, the native, you know, cause even my European culture, of, you know, the, the ancient part of that, when before they were um, colonized and everything, there was a connection to using these crystals, not only um, as uh, carving them into tools and into like goblets and things like that, but they were also used um, energetically, um, mainly for um, like, they would go into these caves and they wouldn't take the crystals out, but they would go in and they would be one of the sacred places, you know, and you would go and you would connect deeper and have these ceremonies that would be heightened in ways, you know. So um, not only were they used for things like beads 
and that way. But I do believe, um, you know, and the Native American culture is just like our um, any I mean, the ancient Native American culture is just like the modern Native American culture. There are some people that are more tapped in than others. And it's just like European or other, you know, cultures all around the world. There is the shamans and there are the, you know, the the farmers and there are, you know, the the weavers. Yeah. Not everyone <laughs> had the same understanding. So the shamans definitely understood frequency and um the interrelationship with health and with uh knowledge and information because they were receiving it they were very tapped into their intuition and their own discernment so they were receiving these codes before other people and being able to discern that because they already had this background of shamanism however you know somebody who is the farmer may have a different uh, connection with the crystals maybe they're putting the crystals into the stone or into the soil so that it can help to bring different nutrients to their land, right? And then maybe a weaver is going to have a relationship to those crystals as like, ooh, these are amazing buttons, right? So, <laughs> or this could make a needle, right? You could make an amazing needle with a small crystal. So um, it depends on the consciousness level of the person, you know, because not all of uh, not all of my ancestors were the same, right? <laughs> None of we're us, all just know, humans. But... It's the human experience. I mean, we're just all one family and one collective uh, being, you could say. So, I mean, it's just the human experience. It just shows up in that way. There's different tiers of understanding. People get it at different times and that's okay. We're all on this same path together. Yes. And we all have different ways of utilizing this information to share with each other because, you know, not everyone is going to download the same ways to to use this stuff. And that's the cool part is we all we all get to step into our own ways. And, you know, what they did in the past is what we get to do now to form what is in the future. And that is, you know, what what we're doing and downloading these information and, and uh, light codes that have never been brought to the surface before. And that's one of the most exciting things about what we're in here now. <laughs> well, thank you to the crystals for that. But one thing I want to ask you is in the crystal trade, you know, you think about the big uh, gem show down in Tucson and there's smaller variations of that all over the world. And some of these crystals are being mined in ways that are not positive. There's slavery involved. Right. There's child labor involved. There's potentially murder, death, smuggling. My God, it could, it could go in a lot of different directions. But what happens with the energy of the crystal at that point? Because just like you said with the Lemurian crystals, the crystals just went off on their own. And regardless of all of the exterior things, they ended up where they needed to be. Is it like that with these unethically mined crystals? Like... Are they just serving their purpose, going to where they need to be and not taking on the energy of that? Or are they, in your opinion? Yeah, in my opinion, I do think it's multi-layered. I do think that there is a crime being happened I, uh, that's happening when people overtake. And yes. I do believe that there is divine behind everything. So, I mean, yes, the crystals are kind of wanting this to take place they want to be on earth they want to be uh in the light 
They want to connect to different uh, regions and, and people and energies. Otherwise, it wouldn't be taking place. Sometimes things that are in my life, the, the most ickiest, ugliest struggles were the most beautiful catalyst to my growth, right? So sometimes, you know, what seems to be horrible and destructive could actually be those beings volunteering to shift things. So I personally don't uh, think that it's one or the other. I think that there's, it's very multifaceted in this because there is so much pain and criminal yeah. uh, things happening. But personally, like I talk about in my book, I was attacked by, <laughs> excuse me, a serial rapist. And at first I was a victim. I was a victim. I was a victim for years. I was in fear. I couldn't even walk down the street by myself. Like I was so afraid. Then one day I realized I chose it. I chose it not only to empower myself to understand the connection with my guides, my spirit, um, many different things uh, that I chose it, but also to put him in prison because my guardian angels and everything, the way the divine worked, like he is in prison for five life sentences because of my case. And when all that came together, I realized I chose it. I volunteered for that cap and I thankfully wasn't raped. Um, but thank you. I God. Was scared. Yeah. I was scared shitless and almost was put in the trunk of his car. And yeah. And yeah. And he gagged and bound his victims with the family baby blanket and put them in the trunk of his car. So Jesus like, Christ, yeah, this was his thing. And he was a county worker with a wife and two kids, one of those blowers on the side of the road. Yeah, that's how he stalked his victims. But anyway, this old man had seen him pop in his trunk, running into the woods. The same time he he went, went wrote down the, the license plate and then he um, went back to the window and the car was gone. He's like, whoa, I'm making a report. That's really weird. And so he made the report to the police right uh, when I got home and made my report. The two reports went together with the license plate and they were able to bust him. So oh I believe God. that divine, something divine happened and it wouldn't have, this man wouldn't be in prison if I wouldn't have volunteered for this to happen. So even though it was horrible, traumatizing, shifted everything in my life forever, um, ultimately it was for the greater good for everyone and even me because now i have a, a higher understanding of everything and how it all take, took place and i was able to finally go back to that location the trees talked to me i i was able to literally hear the trees talk to me and say like we wondered what happened to you thank you for coming back thank you for healing like all this it was unreal they were like we protected you all the stuff so i would have never had that experience there were so many experiences that came out of this moment and so I think that that is like a, a parallel to kind of the raping and pillaging and abduction that is happening with these crystals. Like maybe there is something more divine happening where they are. And who are we to like really judge what is happening if we don't have an actual way to stop it? Right. So, you know, don't buy these crystals that are like that, like go out into the nature and like, find your own crystals or be you know, asked to be guided to crystals and they'll be given to you or, you know, like don't just go out and seek these like horribly pillaged crystals, right? You can vote with your dollar, but at the same time, if one comes to you, it's for a reason. And it's not only because you're supposed to help clean this imprint off of it, 
and then dive deep down into the information of it. But it's also because it's supposed to be in the environment into that like ley line grid at that time. So we got to hold space for it. Right. So it's that higher understanding of like connection to what is honoring like the horrible pillaging of it, but also like understand that there's something more divine guiding it out of the earth. Yeah. And it has a function, right? Because when those pieces, if people don't know and they're not aware of even anything like that, they're just not tapped in, but they get this beautiful crystal and it heals them. Like the magic took place, like the healing took place. The purpose of the crystal took place. Right. And that's a lot of crystals that are out there. So it's, it's hard as a spiritual person to like be okay with those type of things happening. But I could definitely see it from that higher perspective as well, because there's other things that we just don't understand. And we don't, we don't know the story of that crystal and what it needs to do. We're just looking at it from our perspective. Right. Yeah. And perspective is key about everything. Yeah. I mean, we really want to know, we should ask the ants. We should ask, you know, like what all the different other creatures, because humans hold one piece of that perspective, right? (laughs) Yes. And they are helping us. And there's so many different crystals. What are some of the crystals that you recommend that I, that are like general? Now I know that you said that each crystal could affect somebody differently because we're all different. We're all operating on different frequencies. We're different magnetic uh, beings. So there are some general ones though that you can kind of tell people to check out for things like protection for things like uh wi-fi protection my god the electromagnetic frequencies that are just all around us and just getting away from fear because there's so much feeding that what are some crystals that you can recommend for that well my favorite crystal is the most general crystal ever it's quartz right the clear quartz crystal is highly recommended for anyone. It's one of the basic starter crystals. It's one of the crystals that first activated me and they hold so much information naturally, but then many of the quartz, because they're so easily to imprint on, they are full of galactic information. They're full of ancient ancestral information. And they're also, you know, very assimilating to our own energy. Um, they do, however, need to be cleansed constantly and need to be cleared. And so that's something that you can do energetically with your own inner energy field. You can do with one of the elements, earth, air, fire, or water. You can bury it. You can put water on it. You can put it out in the sun or the moonlight. Um, and you can smudge with, you know, smoke or, you know, the air and fire, right? So um, cleanse cleanse the quartz because it it's very uh, imprintable. Um, that's definitely a starter crystal. Amethyst is one of my favorite crystals ever because it is my birthstone. So I chose that <laughs> when I incarnated and, uh, it's violet purple. So, and that's like one of my favorite colors is my favorite color is the color that cobalt blue glass uh-huh. takes when the sunlight hits through it, that purple color. Oh yes. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, so it's like one of the colors I resonate with personally on a soul template right so and then just the feeling that it gives me it's always been like a really like clear thinking clear seeing stone where if i'm having trouble figuring out insight on something or if i'm like feeling foggy i'll 
you know, connect with Amethyst and it really helps clear things up right away all, all across the board. Um, it also has a really cool story of the use in ancient times. Amethyst was usually used by kings to carve goblets and the king would always drink from the amethyst goblet for sobriety. Even if he was drinking alcoholic beverages, something within the amethyst would neutralize the intoxication and would make it so that he could pour the same bottle into his glass and into the other king's glass and he would not become intoxicated, but the other king would, and it would be easier to manipulate the land and Right. So this is actual stories within our history books and really fascinating and uh, makes me wonder what we can do with that technology. Right. So um, that's definitely one that's uh, just really near and dear to me. I don't know if it will be one that other people <laughs> will want to work with. But if you're looking for like insight and clear thinking and clear seeing, these are this is definitely a, a crystal to work with. And then um, selenite is another one of my favorites. Uh, white gypsum is selenite, and that is a self-clearing crystal. So it does not need to be cleansed in any way. It's constantly cleaning itself and everything around it. So uh, whenever I help somebody move or pack boxes or clean in like really like stressful environments, I put selenite in my pocket and I constantly am self-cleaning. When I don't do that, I get a headache. Um, the, all of the energies of everything will overwhelm my system and I'll, I'll feel very dehydrated and, and get a headache. When I put selenite in my pocket, it's good to go. Um, oh, wow. I also make little amulets and, and, uh, now I usually often wear this little piece of selenite around my neck and, um, uh, that, like I said, it's self-clearing, self-cleaning. So it's also great when you're sleeping, um, we put a crystal grid of selenite bars all around our and in between our mattresses one night and the most amazing clear dreams ever. I didn't actually rest. So it's not recommended every night. Uh, but if you're trying to get insight and clarity, um, it's really good and cleansing the energetic field. I didn't get, like I said, a lot of rest. My mind was very busy in the lucid realm and, um, was really amazing, but I, I love selenite. And then uh, shungite is another one. That's a black uh, metallic stone from uh, like the Eastern regions of um, like India and uh, Asia and stuff. So uh, shungite is one of those stones that helps with uh, clearing electromagnetic fields and rebalancing computer uh EMFs and uh, different electronics and things like that. So uh, I actually have this little sticker that you can put on your phone. It's a shungite little sticker thing that you can put that helps. I have some shungite stones that I make in amulets and also put them into organite. And organite is also um, a really awesome way to uh, shift uh, electromagnetic fields and ions around you. And that is a, is a man-made crystal. It's uh, layers of resin and organic matter. So either crystals or stones or uh, leaves or anything like that. And Wilhelm Reich, about a hundred years ago, found this technology or he rediscovered the technology of orgone. And that's where he found these layers, created a conductor 
and it's an ion generator conductor. So it's pulling in the positively charged ions that come off of computers and off of, you know, stressful people and all that kind of stuff. And it's pulling those in constantly and then putting out the negative ions constantly. And that is actually um, the negative or beneficial for humans. The negative ones come off of trees and waterfalls and natural uh, occurrences. And they're rebalancing our frequency and our um, our energetic field, right? Our, our magnetic field. And in that, that is part of our wellness pro- process, right? So, and I make organite. I love to make it. And I'll tell you, my mom started making it her health. She, she's always had health problems her whole life, but her health exponentially improved when she started <laughs> to make and she attributes it to the organite as well. So um, I believe that working with it is not only consciousness expanding, but also like helps with your general physical and emotional well-being as well. And the bigger they get, the more you can actually feel them. I have a big pyramid that's about like this big and you can put your hand. Uh, I, you guys can't see my hand. It's about, <laughs> it's about uh, a foot tall, right? So it's a big one. And (laughs) I usually do my podcast where you can see me. Um, But anyway, uh, so it's about a foot tall and you can actually put your hand, flat hand about an inch away from it and feel the pulsations coming off into your hand. I can, some people are less sensitive and they can't, but I can literally feel the pulsations and I know it's scientifically working and it's this amazing bridge between that science and spirit aspect because and like human interaction with these crystals it's like bringing it to a new level it's like downloading this new technology for us to be able to you know utilize and share yes it's it's kind of like magic it's just another science that's out there that we just haven't calibrated yet like we see it we feel it we know it's real but we haven't integrated it yet to the human experience fully now some people have i mean there's some crystal shamans you could say out there in the world and they have but collectively as all 10 billion of us are here we haven't yet but it's coming it's it's part of our ascension as we move into that new paradigm absolutely yeah and like you said there are some shamans that really work with crystals um i have a friend uh, Joe Ego, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but uh-uh. he uh, the video Matrix for Real. Everyone check it out. It's amazing. He activated me so much by watching this video. Of, he's a um, martial artist and a stunt double for like Jackie Chan and stuff. And he uh, does this video where he's literally backflipping on next to a pool. He can like backflip and kick a soccer ball and make a goal. Like just all these amazing like human abilities i'm like wow look at what humans have the potential to do well not only does he do that but he works with crystals he works with vogel crystals and those are usually cut 144 facets and he has this one that's probably a foot and a half long and maybe like a three inch circumference or diameter and uh amazing these crystals are huge but he actually works with healing people and with shifting uh the cloud structures and weather weather shamanism i had him on my show a couple years ago it's a really good one i would definitely check that out we talk all about weather shamanism water and crystals so um yeah it's a good one joe ego e-i-g-o 
So what about ones that are really popular for people like tourmaline? And then there is the angel communication crystal, like we were talking about before, which is celestite. Uh, the, the tourmaline is like really amazing for um, like the heart chakra and grounding and protection. And cause it does a frequency blasts you out of fear. And um, you also have, you know, the angelite, the celestite, um, those higher, really high frequency ones that do like are um, really good receivers. They're like having a little radio in your lap, you know, where you can turn yourself into a better con conductor for these frequencies to connect in to your guides, your guardian angels, to higher um, thought. And um, just it really blasts your frequency way up high so that um, you can connect with your healing and on levels of mind, body, and spirit. And then, um, yeah, there's so many uh, like black stones, uh, red, dark black that really help with grounding. And a lot of people that are finding themselves like really unbalanced can really benefit from really getting into like connecting with the really uh, like onyx and and black tourmaline and different um, different kinds of stones that are really grounding can help. Um, if you're find, finding yourself flighty, which I'm often because I work with vampires <laughs> and all that crystal, all that, I, I really need to connect and be grounded a lot. And crystals really help me with that because it's a tangible item that is in my field. And it's like really helping me to send roots down and connect. And it's important to be grounded and connected to the sky. It's like all the chakras open. You can be a conduit. If we're imbalanced in any way, it can creates fractures and um, imbalances where our, our energy isn't flowing properly and therefore, you know, our health suffers. So um, definitely recommended to work with these stones because they are, you know, very um, on either end of the spectrums and they can help to rebalance, right? Yes. And, you know, what we're doing here is that we're giving you, the listener, kind of this 101 general understanding of crystal consciousness, you could say. There's a lot more to learn. You could take a deep dive on any aspect of what Harmony said and, and check out for like a week and then come yeah. back. I mean, there's a lot of information because it does go back to time immemorial. I mean, it comes yeah. from truly humanity's original beginnings. Like it's been with us. It's part of the earth. We we're on the earth. It's been with us this entire time. And much like the herbs of the world have a specific effect on humanity and the human body. So do these crystals. So we just wanted to give you this overview and, and help you understand that, that these crystals have these properties. There's metaphysical properties, there's spiritual properties, there's scientific properties, but there's just a lot more to delve into. And this is the beginning. Yes. Oh, so much truth. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the show, Harmony. It's been an incredible interview. The time just zipped by. Uh, just like last time. And of course, I would love to have you on again and we can talk about crystals more. We can give people part two, the deeper dive. And maybe by then, God only knows, maybe by then you'll have your second book about crystals. Ooh. 
that that could be a thing you know we're maybe we're planting the seed right now <laughs> but thank you for being yeah, here well it definitely took me like 10 years to write the first one so hopefully the you know exponential spiral curve would work on my <laughs> there. <laughs> I think 10 years. but yes i think you know what i've gone through and what i the steps that i've placed out have definitely helped me to maybe do something like that in the future i've had so much fun today it Yay. has been just such so and yeah i look forward to connecting with you in the future and uh jake has also been a guest on my show so yes. check that out tea time on wildcraft wellness channel and um yeah yes I'm tea time tea time with harmony i was a guest previously yeah. go check that out it's a youtube channel it's a podcast she does video and of course she has wildcraft wellness and the absolutely incredible book birthing a new paradigm which is on amazon like we were saying earlier it's now part of the kindle unlimited program if you're a subscriber there it's part of the kindle unlimited program so uh, there's literally no reason you can't check it out if you're a subscriber check that out and it'll blow your yeah. mind it, it's incredible these are all the things that harmony's about but thank you again harmony please hold through the outro music and everyone my God, another great episode with Harmony. Very powerful, very dense. Great information. So much love. And we'll see you next week. Midnight on Earth.